We're moving the show to Boise, guys. We're getting it. Good morning, Boise. We're going to go to Sandy's Cafe, where she knows how we like our eggs. Free cup of coffee, everybody. Free cup of coffee every morning from the woman herself. We Did just you, came up with this dream in, inside here, guys. You hear about it's that? It's going to get really cold. A couple that moved all the way from Montana? <laughs> uh, strange. My oxen are having trouble. You think you could come over? Is that what the people talk like there? Oh, it's cold out there. <laughs> oh, Jody. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Well, there's a lot going on. We're going to get onto it right now when we ask the simple question, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. We were just daydreaming about a simpler life, and it led us to Boise. I don't know why. All right, some of the and stories. Then, and then Gary came up with this this gem, guys. What? We'll be the talk of the town. <laughs> In fact, that's what you could call For our the show. radio show. That's what you could call the show. Oh, my God, that's good. Talk of the town. That's good. Uh, all right, so this is when we get to uh, check on all the stories that are trending on social media, being shared most often around the country, and Andrew McCabe has stepped down. This was not a shocker. Uh, this was widely expected because maybe a little bit of uh, all the heat he's taken from Republicans on Capitol Hill, but also because his retirement date was coming up. It's been coming up for 35 years. Yeah. It, so uh, what did this? somebody wrote to us on Twitter, I think, and described it very clearly. It's like a, it's called a terminal uh, terminal leave, according to AJ, which means that he steps down. He still gets paid until his retirement in a few you weeks. You use your vacation time that you've accrued. Yeah. Um, not a big deal. Well, is it a big deal? No. Here's the question. Is it a surprise? No. It would be a big deal if he was forced out, and that, some are going to make the argument that this is him being forced out. I just don't really buy it at this at this scale. Well, because the pre- he, he, was, he had talked to people and told people there were uh, preparations made for him to take his retirement here. The president met with McCabe way back at the beginning of the term, so last year, and I guess at one point even asked Andrew McCabe, according to Andrew McCabe, who he voted for in the election, which, it do, again, it doesn't matter at that point, but he wanted to know because Andrew McCabe's wife was running for political office and received had received money from a political action committee that had also funded uh, part of Hillary Clinton's campaign. So all of this was uh, a concern for the president if Andrew McCabe was finger quotes, on the other side. So we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into uh, Swamp Watch at the bottom of the hour. U.S. Central Command says it is in the process of going through its privacy policies because there's a fitness tracking app that everyone seems to be getting. It maps your exercise habits, and it looks like it's been a problem when it comes to people with clearance, uh, people in the military using this. And they're sharing their running routes, and they're revealing their location, uh, the security forces. It's a problem. So, Can I ask something? Can I ask something of all of my friends? Yes. Don't, don't, don't post your running route on Facebook. I have an app that I can check my run. Like, I know how far I've gone. Too, and for my, own, yeah. for my own head, I know if I'm improving, if I'm going faster. Right. I don't want anyone to know where I am don't share every that. Tuesday That's, and Thursday. Yeah, don't share it. Right. It's just not a – and you kind of look douchey. Just, okay, you ran four miles. Okay, great. Good but I do have to say that um, because Eric Leonard's wife shared shares her running routes mm-hmm. and, like, how far she goes and everything – 
eight times out of ten, it gets my ass off the couch. Now, here's the thing. So thank you for she's, the people who do. She's really fast. That's the other part about it. Like, Well, if, I, I'm it, not going to do what she does. Let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> but at least her eight or ten miles gets me to get up and do three. Right. She can run ten miles in an uh, In the time in it an takes hour. me to do three. Right. Which is fine. It hurts. It's not my gift. It hurts. Anyway, the military says that if you share this info, basically someone can get an outline of the military base you're working on. Basically. Secret Service is warning banks across the country about a new way robbers are hitting ATMs. This has been something that we've seen in Europe and Mexico, but they're saying it's hitting the U.S. for the first time in a coordinated way. It's called jackpotting. And they've seen about a dozen cases across the country from the mid-Atlantic region through New England, Pacific Northwest, and Louisiana. Uh, What happens is these robbers pose as ATM technicians. They wear uniforms. They access the machine. And they they are able to open it using a generic key that the Secret Service says is readily available for purchase on the Internet. Well, that's a problem. You You can buy anything. On the internet. Uh, Once inside, this fake technician would use a laptop or a cell phone and plug it into the machine and then basically remotely take over the machine and force it to discharge money. Here's the key. The technician, the fake tech, is not the one who takes the money. Somebody else walks up to the front of the ATM and goes, "Uh, Operation Jackpot is in play. And then this technician at some remote area starts... Uh, overtaking the machine and causing it to spit out 40 bills every 23 seconds. That's all. And then the technician, which probably who probably took the uh, the camera offline as well as part of this, you know, hacking into the machine, then goes back, takes their machine, uh, takes their equipment, their laptop, and walks away. Put the ATM machine back like he was never there. Grammy so male. God, I just want to punch myself in the throat for saying that. It was. Do we have to have this uh, righteous indignation every award show? Apparently, you didn't get the memo. Men are bad. (sighs) Men are bad. God. Men are bad. People hated uh, Bruno Mars because he won. He's a a man. Bruno Mars is lovely and talented as hell. Because he's a man, Amy. Oh, my God. He was the only lovely thing about that show last (laughs) year. Hashtag Bruno, too. Uh, actually, I thought Kesha's song was, that was pretty powerful. That was really good, yeah. Uh, and that she sang with all of the people in the choir and everything and right. the big hugs. I mean, she was crying through that song. Um, the other one was uh, Tears in Heaven. The brothers, Eric Clapton? Well, Eric Clapton didn't do it, but it was tear, uh, It was uh, Brothers Osborne. Is okay. that a thing? Yeah, that's oh, a yeah, thing. they're country singers. Maren Morris and the other guy who uh, also cried in the... While singing the song, it was dedicated to not not only the people who were in Vegas. Eric Church. Eric Church. Thank yeah, you. he was there. They played in Vegas the weekend of the shooting. Oh, my god! But they also dedicated it Chills. to the Ariana Grande concert victims, the bombing in England. God. And it was beautiful. It was amazing. We're sitting there with the kids watching this, and I had to explain to them, not only is it powerful to watch them sing this song while uh, dedications were sort of playing, not playing, but the names of the victims were all uh, displayed behind them. Mm. To explain to them why 
Eric Clapton wrote that For song his in the dead first son. place. Fifty-three story fall yeah. out of the window. That four years old. Something crazy. I can't even listen to that song ever since that story. I mean, you know, ever since it came out. Was that ninety two, ninety three? Anyway, it's just terrible. Uh, I'm glad that they did um, something, though, for everybody. They there. did a good job. Uh, all right. Uh, L.A. Memorial Coliseum has a new name. What is it? What's it going to be? The United Airlines Memorial Coliseum. $69 million deal between United and the operator of the Coliseum, USC. I think this is going to come back to bite United in the bottom because everyone hates United. <laughs> And once people start going to the Coliseum and hashtagging things, it's going to be a mess. I mean, it's very hard to find somebody that likes United Airlines. Well, maybe this is part of their PR push to change that, uh, change that mentality. Get a couple of winning teams in there. Hmm. Maybe. But the pictures from the Coliseum today are unsettling. I mean, big swaths of the stadium ripped up. It's just kind of crazy. But they're putting it back. Unlike Candlestick, they're yeah, putting this exactly, one back. Exactly. All right. When we come back, Tom Brady cut an interview short because of something that some smart-ass radio host said about Tom Brady's five-year-old kid. Oh, and also, how much in trouble were Drew Brees' kids after that Pro Bowl? That was cute. You're the one person who um, wants the Pro Bowl. Ariel, oh, I was at the track. Oh, so it was on. Yeah. Uh, Ariel writes to us on Twitter at Gary and Shannon. I listen to you most days on iHeartRadio here in Boise. Yeah! Idaho is one of the fastest growing states, and we former Californians are the majority. We already have friends there. We're the talk of the town. And tell Sandy at the cafe, I like my coffee black. And my eggs over hard. When we come back... We'll give you a thousand dollars. It's just well. an egg a- order, you sicko. A- I could lie, could lie, could lie. Everything that kills me makes me feel alive. Gary Shannon. How about this? We have a pile of a thousand dollars. Here's how you can win it. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword luck to 200, 200 You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's luck to 200, 200. One of the uh, stories that uh, we have up on the website right now, KFIAM640.com, use the keyword Gary and Shannon. Um, Tom Brady, the uh, Patriots quarterback, busy preparing for, uh, obviously, the Super Bowl on Sunday, cut short an interview that he does... Um, uh, every Monday, I guess, he's been doing interviews with this uh, radio show out of Boston, WEEI, Kirk and Callahan. For years, he's done interviews with them. Because of something that one of the other guys on the station said last week. Tom's in a new Facebook show called Tom vs. Time, I guess it is. It's a docu-series about how great Tom Brady is. <laughs> well, they were doing a review of it, and one guy asks Alex Raymer, Reamer? Uh, asks him what his opinion was of the show. All right, I thought the first scene was so staged, where Brady's, like, in the kitchen, his kid's being an annoying little pissant. Uh, the Ooh, kid, oops, he was the ref- five-year-old little girl there, he yeah. called an annoying little pissant. So Tom says, uh, you shouldn't oh. say that about it. You know, it's very disappointing when you hear that, certainly with my daughter or any child. Um, you know, they certainly don't deserve that. You also don't have to put her on reality TV, but that's a different story. Oh, obviously evaluate whether I want to come on this show again. So I, I really don't have much to say this morning. That's fine. Um, I understand. So, that's totally yes, fine. I will, uh, Mr. Brady, I, 
maybe I'll speak with you guys uh, some other time. Absolutely fine. We understand. <laughs> All right, oh, me too. Oh, can I can I wipe your bottom? For heaven's sake, Mr. Brady, I never would have oh thought gosh. that it would have come to this. Good lord. My apologies. By the way, that other host that. Uh, 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 what's his name? Alex Raymer. Yeah, he's also the guy who said Roy Holiday should have died or deserved to die because of the plane he was flying. I mean, it is, he's an annoying little pissant, is what that that radio he knows. is. Yeah, he's been suspended indefinitely. Yeah, uh, we'll see if he ever gets a job again. The other one was Drew Brees. Uh, this story is also up on the website. Drew Brees was interviewed during the. Um, uh, Pro Bowl yesterday. This was so cute. I watched probably 90 seconds of the entire Pro Bowl, and I was so happy to catch this. And I, I, the sound was off. Like I said, I was at the track, but I, it's on the little television. And he, the sideline reporter is interviewing Drew Brees, and he's got three little his three little boys there with him on the sideline, and they're serving as a water boys or ball boys, whatever you want to call it, you know. And they're wearing little Drew Brees jerseys. And, and I mean, she was kind of dumb. To be honest with you, because she's like, oh, what? so they're not really doing their jobs, the kids. They're just uh, they're just running around fighting with each other or something like that. Like she's kind of instigating the kids. They're, they're three little boys are all around the same age and they're playing. They're fighting with each other and playing. And it was they a, got to, they got a talking to. After well, and the, one kid uh, ac- accidentally actually ran out onto the field. Yeah, which I is mean, a safety issue. Yeah. What are Kaylin and Bowen doing? It just looks like they're fighting the entire time. Is that what they do pretty much? Right? Anyway, they're just play fighting and just goofing around. She throws back to the booth, and you see Drew Brees grab his kids. And I don't know what he said. There was a talking to. There were some bad words going on in there. I don't know. And bad pointing words. to the stands, like you better get back in those stands. Or just saying you are going to go sit up there with your mother if you're not good. You're not going to be able to run around out here if you're going to be fighting. He said it on TV as as he was walking away from the reporter. That he's going to get a talking to right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, the first thing he pulled him over. Did, did you ever see kids on the sideline at the Chargers games? No, no, no. It's the Pro Bowl, so they have the kids of the players be like ball boys or whatever. So anything goes on the Pro Bowl side. I, I mean, the Pro Bowl game. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not a real game. You know. I mean, your kid, you can't. Because your kids should things- be probably better behaved right. than fighting and running out onto the field. A little minimum age thing, um, which is right. I mean, the Giants and Dusty Baker's kid were the reason why now you have to be a certain age when you're a bat boy for Major League Baseball. Yeah. You can get hurt. Right. And I get. And one of the things that you had said about being on the sidelines was fearing at times that those guys, you know, tackled onto the sideline were going to bowl into you. They don't even need to be running at full speed to do major damage. When you're built like that, uh, it's all muscle and just, just, I mean, I ran into a player going out onto the field to do a post game interview. I kind of just had a little bit of a, like he, he had just, he just was walking and I, and I was coming the other way and I don't know, I ran into like half of his body or whatever. And again, we're just like in walking speed. I flew three yards. And one of the refs. But hey, you got the first down, so that's all that uh, counts. But you know, it's it's just that kind of mass. It, it, it's it would kill a kid if if a kid runs out onto the field and gets hit by a, a football player, even if he's not running full speed. Uh, anyway, we'll, we have those stories up on the website if you want to check them out. KFIAM six forty dot com. Use the keyword Gary and Shannon. When we come back, Kenneth Moton is going to talk to us about the FBI deputy director stepping down. What it means for the White House. That's all coming up on Gary and Shannon. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Swamp watch.
Gary and Shannon at 12.30 every day. We talk about our Swamp Watch. See what's going on in Washington, D.C. And a big headline today that FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe is stepping down from his position. And he's going to do so immediately. Now, the White House says... We didn't have anything to do with this. And in fact, it seems like this retirement had been planned for quite some time. Kenneth Moton joins us now from Washington. Uh, Is that right, Kenneth? That's right. The White House says, look, uh, we had nothing to do with this. The president had nothing to do with this. Uh, But the reality is the president has been pressuring and putting, you know, McCabe under a microscope for what the past few months or so, especially on Twitter, attacking McCabe left and right, um, saying there's political bias within the FBI and McCabe is leading it up. Is there any real way to determine in Washington if someone is retiring, resigning, or has been forced out of their position? <laughs> um, when the tell-all book comes out. Well, that's we're- <laughs> sure. We're still waiting to find out what happened to Omarosa. Um, yeah, no, I, I think when um, things probably settle a little bit, we'll find out the true story. But here's what we do know is that McCabe had time left. You know, we all have weeks of vacation, like, stacked up, right, because we work all the time. And so McCabe had, we think, about five weeks left. And so we knew the retirement was going to happen in March. We broke that, you know, months ago. But what we didn't know was it was going to happen today because the five weeks or the vacation time that pretty much he had accrued, um, he decided to get out of the frying pan, walk away from it all. Now, granted, he's still an employee um, until March, until his official retirement. But at this point, he has left his post. The office has been cleaned out. Andrew McCabe has left the FBI building. So who steps into these shoes? Um, I think um, the uh, current FBI director, Christopher Wray, will pick the next one. Um, will it be whoever the number three person is, or will it be someone that Ray um, will will tap? Most likely, it could be that you know that person who Ray will bring up through the ranks um, to be the, the the next number two, because we know that the Trump White House, uh, who personally obviously picked Ray, they want a cleaning of the house, pretty much the draining of the swamp, as you guys mentioned, uh, when it comes to the FBI, because the president has been unrelenting when it comes to saying that there are issues with the FBI. We're still dealing with the fact that there's a secret memo uh, that uh, a top Republican in Congress on the House Intelligence Committee had his staff draw up, uh, and today they're going to vote on whether or not to release that to the public because President Trump wants that secret memo that lists political bias or shocking political bias, as they put it, uh, out to the public. But the DOJ says, wait just a minute. You know, we're not ready to release that yet, if, even if the House Intelligence Committee votes to release it. Now, you mentioned Christopher Ray, the current FBI director. He had uh, allegedly threatened to resign when Jeff Sessions was supposedly putting pressure on him to get Andrew McCabe to step down. Have we heard yet from from Christopher Ray? That's the story, but we haven't heard from Ray. Um, when the White House has been asked about these stories, and the president himself has been asked about these stories, he says, you know, it's fake news, that there was no pressure, that that didn't happen. And so we, at this point, we don't know what's what, um, uh, who's telling the truth. Um, at this point, we just know that those reports are out there, um, and McCabe is, uh, has um, left his post at this point. If there was evidence to show that the White House was behind some pressure to get rid of him. Wouldn't that be obstruction of justice? You would think, um, because we know that Special Counsel Robert Mueller is looking into obstruction of justice involving the president uh, when it comes to the firing of James Comey. And that's why, obviously, McCabe was such a target of attack you know, by the president, because he was the number two for uh, 
for James Comey, and he became the acting director until Christopher Wray took over that spot. But at this point, uh, you, we know that White House officials, we know that close allies to the president say, these people serve at the pleasure of the president, and he can essentially fire whomever he wants to. So it wouldn't be obstruction because literally the president could fire someone without cause because they serve at the pleasure of the president. Do you know who Andrew McCabe voted for? Well, apparently President Trump reportedly asked him. He said <laughs> he didn't Mc- vote. And he said he did not vote. Hmm. Do you believe that? Well, I think he voted for Gary Johnson, but that's just my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> I've never really talked to the guy. Uh, Kenneth, thank you. Thanks, guys. Kenneth Moulton there with the latest on what's going on. The official now uh, resignation, I guess is the best way to put it, or um, I will take my retirement when I can from FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe. What, what, do you, what about the conspiracy theory that uh, – He's stepping down to make it look or appear to be like it was pressure from the White House, as it would bolster an obstruction of justice case. Would you read that book? That, uh, that, now you're talking about time folding in on itself. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little too far. That's what I think. Yeah. But, hey, everybody likes to have some, some deeper story behind all this. State stuff. of the Union tomorrow. Yes. That's... Exciting! I have the the most incredible Ruth Bader Ginsburg of the of oh, original boy. RBG. I have some incredible news about uh, why she fell asleep a couple times ago. Okay, the State of the Union. I look ago. forward to that. Gary and Shannon will continue with our Swamp Watch. Hey, radio DJ, can you play that song that she loves so I can turn it? Monday, day after the Grammys, 1.30, we're going to talk about what happened last night at the Grammy Awards in New York City. It was on very early if you didn't get a chance to watch it. Some politics, I actually wasn't overwhelmed with the politics of it. I was just surprised that, I mean, with this whole Me Too movement, guys like Bono and Sting and, I mean, Bruno Mars, all these men were up there making men things happen. You thought it would be a parade of the ladies? Yeah, and the ones that were there were, like, uh, represented by Cardi B. Mm, that's, you know. What? How would you feel about Ed Sheeran winning an award and then not even being there? Uh, I think he's got some things to, uh, he's probably hiding some things. <laughs> he's hiding behind his engagement is what he's doing now. Who did he get engaged to? His girlfriend, longtime oh. girlfriend. My daughter was crushed. Was she? She said she was happy for him, but I could see a little pain. I don't know if she felt she, like she had a shot with him. Does or not, she but. find him attractive? It's not. Or is it just his music? Like physically attractive? Probably not. I like I think the, it would be fun to. <laughs> it's uncomfortable for you to talk about your daughter finding someone physically, physically attractive. Attractive. Why are you making it weird? Uh, hey, we're in the did, middle of Swamp Watch. Did you hear? Well, we told you the story of Steve Wynn yeah. on Friday. Uh, Sean Spicer. Has, friend of the show. Well, I don't know if I would claim his as a friend. He was here. I mean, if Elliot's, I mean, uh, Anthony Weiner, God, I cannot get those two straight. <laughs> Fine, neither can they. If <laughs> if Anthony Weiner's considered a friend of the show, then I guess Sean Spicer as well. Um, but he said today that the RNC should return recent donations from Steve Wynn. Spicer, of course, was the RNC's communications director for a handful of years before joining the Trump White House. 
says it would be impractical, uh, impractical to reverse all contributions from Wynn over the years. Well, yeah, it would bankrupt the RNC. But that the RNC ought to at least return any money that happens this cycle. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm surprised that the RNC, even the Democratic National Committee, why, do, why they don't quickly uh, burn the house down in terms of trying to you know, cut ties with these guys. For the Democrats, it was the Harvey Weinstein stuff. How many, how many millions of dollars did he give to political candidates in their party? It's kind of a slippery slope, though, because look at all of political contributions. It's all dirty money. You're all you're all paying for something. Yep. Tomorrow is the uh, State of the Union address, the president's first State of the Union, although he did give a speech to a joint session of Congress back in February of last year, right after he took office. This is the first real State of the Union. And along with the one cabinet member who is uh, the designated survivor, like uh, Jack Bauer, uh, this you're going to see some members of the Supreme Court probably skip the State of the Union. It's not a guarantee that all nine sitting members of the Supreme Court show up to Congress to watch the State of the Union. Some of them do. Maybe four, maybe five. Depends on how they feel. Some of them, like um, just, uh, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, they haven't shown up for years. Part of the reason was because Samuel Alito was caught on camera mouthing the words, not true, when President Obama mentioned the uh, the political contributions to corporations and political campaigns uh, decision. Now, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is one that has been sort of an on-again, off-again member of the high court to show up to State of the Union addresses. The thing is, in 2013 and 2015, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is just this side of 117 years old, was dozing off during the past speeches, 13 and 15. How old is she? She's 84. Okay. Um, and in 2015, she uh, she explained what was going on. See, all of the Supreme Court justices go to dinner before the State of the Union address. I would imagine that's probably a rousing conversation. Well, Justice Anthony Kennedy... The one member of the Supreme Court from the state of California showed up to dinner with California wine. Mm, okay, there and, you go. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg admits you know, as you that go- in 2015, her head is in her lap because she's, huh, what happened? Because well, she says, and I quote, I wasn't 100% sober. There you go. And you know what? As you get older, wine hits you harder. Bam. It makes you tired. Yes. makes you sleepy. And she's probably on medication of some kind as well. Why? Because she's 84? You've got to be on some kind of medication if you reach 84. Isn't she working out? She's the one who's working out all the time, though. Let me let me check out. Ruth Pretty sure she's the Bader one who's just a... Ginsburg. As Handel would refer abs. to her, a hard body. Let me see. Yeah. Sorry, Blake. Oh. Blake's eating right now. Yeah, do the Ruth Bader Ginsburg workout. That'll keep you alive at 84. She looks like she's in great shape. I mean, she you could hold her in your hand like she was a squirrel, but she's in shape for a little squirrel. We will, by the way, carry the State of the Union address tomorrow. It sh- starts at about 6 o'clock in the evening, so we'll make sure that uh, that you get a, you know. Does he mention Hillary Clinton once no. in that speech? Nope. 
Not once. Do you think he's going to be super focused? I think he's going to be so super on script, reading the teleprompter and the script in front of him, that it's going to be one of the most boring State of the Union addresses we've ever seen. <laughs> well, that's I mean, we don't want that, though. We want an exciting Right, but he's not going to do that. He's not going to go off script. It's going to be all very bipartisan stuff. In the public speeches like that, he's good at staying on the script, but that's not the exciting Donald Trump that everybody wants to see. I don't think it's the car wreck that a lot of people believe it will be. It's the next day when he takes to Twitter that right. people are like, see, I told you, he's crazy. And he's tweeting from his bed. Right. Yeah. Military push-ups is what she does. What is military push-up? What's the difference between a military push-up and a normal push-up? push-up? She survived cancer twice, colon cancer and pancreatic cancer. Sounds like she kicked cancer's ass. Um, in other news, um, Cherry Seaborn is Ed Sheeran's fiance. She led her hockey team to back-to-back British University Championships in 2012 and 2013. The female hockey player, huh? Uh-huh. All right. Cherry is her name. Cherry Seaborn. Doesn't that sound like a uh, adult nude actress? Nude model? Nude model name. It's cute. We will continue the return of Rebecca Jarvis when we come back. No to way. Gary and Shannon. Yeah, she still, she still has our number, apparently. Excellent.